have two older brothers and we would always play house together and I would always be like in my little kitchen like just um, cooking them food or whatever and it's funny because they are my two older brothers but every time we would go somewhere people thought that I was the oldest because I was always I was always the one taking care of them always the one making sure they were okay and I, that trickled on to my life and my friendships so people know me as the mom of the group of the always the one that having sandwiches prepared or having uh, tissues or wipes or just you know everything um, for the group and that's just my nature like I love to take care of people I love to love on people and just nourish them and host them um, so Growing up, I just, that was who I was. And the Lord just began to put that desire in my heart. Like I knew that one day I wanted to be a mom. Like that was the biggest desire of my heart is to one day have children of my own and nurture them and just be who that, who I'm supposed to be because that's, that's just like everything that I always desired and always dreamed of. I remember Go, being rushed to the hospital um, at 22 years old for an abdominal abdominal pain and um, I went into an immediate surgery and what was supposed to be a 45 minute surgery turned into a two hour surgery um, and after I was waking up from the surgery that's when the doctor came into the room and told my mom and I that I was diagnosed with endometriosis to sit in that hospital bed and for the doctor to tell me that it was gonna be <laughs> it was a very high risk high possibility for me to be infertile and for me to not have children when my entire life that's all I dreamed of and all I desired and for him, the doctor, to just come shut it down, that literally just turned my life upside down. And I just started to get so angry with myself because I started to think, okay, I'm a woman, and if I'm not even good enough to have babies, then what am I good enough for? I'm not good enough for anything. Why am I even here? Those are the thoughts that started coming to my mind. If I started going from doctor to doctor, from treatment to treatment, from medication to med, I literally felt like I was a lab rat because nothing seemed to work. And yeah, so I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I went through two years of just going through different doctors, different medications, different treatments, and nothing worked. So at 22, it was just kind of like, okay, God, are you there? And then at 24, it was just like, God, I know you're not there, you know? I began to deal with it internally and just within myself. And it was just me and God, but then I felt like it was just me. You know, I felt like God wasn't there. My friends started to, you know, date and started to get um, the person that they were gonna get married. And so marriage started happening. I started going to all these weddings, you know, and then babies started coming to the picture. I came to a season of just worry and anxiety and fear and, and all of that rooted from the, um, the, the wanting, the need of just being loved and being accepted. Um, and so because I wasn't getting that, I went into a season of loneliness. I just felt alone. If you ever find yourself in that place, if you ever find yourself in a season of loneliness, 
similar to how Frances found herself. I want you to remember that that is not God's desire for you. God does not desire for you to live life in loneliness. In fact, I want to encourage you to remember the ministry of the choir that just sung to us that our God never lost a battle. He, 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 and he never, he never will. Or, 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 or that his eye is on the sparrow. Sister Kelly, you brought me to church and I know he watches over me. I, I want to remind you, Mom, I see y'all. I want to remind you that the life that God desires for you is a life of love and community. And like you heard in Francis' story, there's so many things in life that are unpredictable. Life can catch you off guard and push you into places that you didn't think you would ever be. And Lori, it has a tendency to, when circumstances happen, to, to push us in those dark spaces, in those dark rooms and And we feel as though God has forgotten us. We feel as though no one can even understand us. We are in that place of loneliness. In fact, somebody may be in that place today and God has a message for you. If you're in a season, in a chapter, or you've been living there so long that you may have even gotten comfortable in the uncomfortableness of loneliness, God has a message for you. And if you haven't experienced loneliness, perhaps God wants to use you to help unlock the prison of loneliness for somebody else. Are you with me just yet? Because it could be that somebody who is sitting on the same row as you need you to remind them that God never fails. Because God desires for us to live resilient lives. Lives of of testimony, of his greatness and his power and his ability to save. He, He... He wants us, you and I, those listening online, listen to me on this day that God cares about you and God cares about your loneliness. I hope you have your Bibles with you because we're in that first book of the Bible, a book of Bible called Genesis. And we're looking specifically at the second chapter and the 18th verse uh, of Genesis, but as you are making your way there uh, to what for some is a familiar uh, place of Scripture, allow me to set it up this way, because in Genesis, God introduces us to God. Uh, in the beginning, God. That's it right there. And, and even if you're at a place of loneliness, the first thing I want you to understand in the text is that there is never a time in existence, in your existence, in your your life, in any period of your life where God is not there. In the beginning, God. Oh, I I could hang there, but I I don't have time, but I I could hang there. Uh, God is here with you now. and He knows what you are going through. He knows what you have yet to disclose to anyone else about what you're going through. 
And yet God wants you to know that he cares about what you're going through. The, the private, personal pain, he, he cares. He, he knows those inner thoughts that oftentimes doesn't get out, but yet you could be in a crowded room and still feel alone. First thing I want you to understand is that God, God knows. God is here, which means then that you are truly never without his attention. I hope you get this. This, 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 is, this is what it is. You're never, God, God always sees you. And so in the creation account of Genesis chapter 1, you know that God creates everything that is to be created. In seven days, he creates uh, all that is to create. And then on that seventh day, he looks and he says, it's very good. But right there in the first chapter, right around the um, 26th verse, God says, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness that he might rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock of all the earth and the creatures and that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God created everything and God was with his creation so whenever you find yourself in a state of loneliness, I want you to allow your faith to inform you that God, the same God who created you, is the God who is with you. And that's good news. That's good news as we direct our attention to the second chapter and the 18th verse. That's good news because with God being with you means God knows what you need. I know we are living in an American westernized society that goes under the, the, the false impression that you don't need anyone. I, I, I know that, that, that we uh, oftentimes have a, a flawed idealism that, that, that I don't have to depend on anyone. I, I, I don't need anyone to help me. Pride gets the best of us even when we're hurting and we feel like uh, I, don't, I don't have to call the doctor. I, I could press through this on my own. But the truth of our existence tells us that there's never been a time where you didn't need anyone. Okay, can, can, can we just be real up in there? You always, everything you have is a result of God using someone to give it to you. Oh, look, look at I, I, Some folks feel like I offended them. Well, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Because God never made us to be isolated. He never created us to be disconnected. And yet, that's what loneliness does. It disconnects us. It isolates us from others. And yet, it is God. In the uh, second chapter of Genesis, gives a diagnosis to the creation of man. And he sees uh, Adam in the garden. He creates Adam in the garden. Do you see it there in the 18th verse? Uh, God is with Adam in the garden. And he diagnoses Adam's dysfunction. And look what he says. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a helper. 
Now, oftentimes we see this and we understand this as God's creation of the marital union. But I also want you to see here, not just marriage, but that God himself in the moment of diagnosing the dysfunction of isolation and loneliness, get this, God introduces humanity to community. He says it's not good for man to be alone, detached, isolated. It's, it's not good. That means it's bad for you. That means it's unhealthy. It's, it's unproductive. In fact, it is not, Dahania, a, a way to live, detached. And don't, don't get it twisted because you could be in a group of people and still be detached. You could be in a family unit and still be detached. Because isolation and loneliness happens on the inside, even though it's not always visible on the outside. And God wants to speak to that place in our lives, Dr. Al, where, where oftentimes we feel like, like no one can understand where I am. God does. And God says, it's not good for you hanging in that room, that dark room of detachment. It's not healthy for you. Because when you are lonely, detached, everything is worse. Your lowest point is even lower when you are detached. I told you earlier, and I'll tell you now, that oftentimes God's answer to prayer comes through someone else that he sends to you. And if you live a life of loneliness and detachment, feeling like you're the only one going through what you're going through, then perhaps you are refusing the very solution God has brought to you. When you are determined to be lonely. God says, it is not good for man to be alone. He says, I will make him a helper. I like translation. It says, I'll make someone suitable for him. Vern, I'm going to make for him someone he can relate to. I'm going to make for him someone who can understand him and help him. Let me go and put a a pause right here, just parenthetically. I just want you to understand this. Because I hear you, Lord. Every every relationship is not a God-given relationship. It's important for you to have a relationship with God so that you can understand the relationships God has for you. Because if you're not connected with the primary relationship with God, then you'll run after every kind of relationship that comes from anything or anyone, and it'll be dysfunctional relationships. Because we need our creator to speak into the chaos of our lives so that he can bring us to that place where we have exactly what he wants us to have. He made a helper for Adam. He made someone that Adam could relate to, someone who's made in his image So the next time God sends somebody your way, I want to challenge you to not see them as interruptions, but rather see them as image bearers and pray to discover, has God connected us to be in relationship with one another? 
Ah, I, 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 I got to tell you because because God, God wants us to be unlocked from our loneliness. And, and there are some keys I want to share with you about being unlocked from loneliness. So some practical keys I, I want to share with you because the first primary key to be uh, unlocked uh, from loneliness is that you got to have faith in God. You have to trust God. Adam is in the garden with God. He is with God. God is with him. He has a relationship with God. He's communing with God. He has intimacy, an intimate connection with God. He knows the voice of God. He has, has um, been in, in devotion with God. He's seen the works of God. Did you get it just yet? The first relationship, the most needed relationship you have is the relationship with God. That, that relationship can get you through some things. That, that relationship reminds you that there's no battle that God cannot, uh, cannot be successful over. That He's never lost about that relationship with God can tell you and remind you that you're his. And he cares for you. Uh, first key is to have faith in God. But having faith in God also tells us that our relationship with God is not the only relationship God created you for. Oh, let me meddle for a moment. Uh, I got some friends here. I, I, I can meddle for a moment. Uh, uh, because, Angie, sometimes we, we, we like those songs, yo. Uh, give me Jesus and that's enough. I don't need nobody else. I, I, I know where we come from here. I, as long as I have the Lord, I don't need nobody else. I, I, I love the song. I, I've sung the song, particularly when people walk out of my life. That don't, Actually, when pe God pushed people out of my life, I had to sing that song sometimes. Uh, well, I don't need nobody else. But truly, God says to Adam, who is with God in the garden, that you need more than me. There are some things that God is saying that God wants to fulfill in your life that requires you to have more than just you and him, but you need some other people too. It's not good for man to be God is with them and he's alone? Hmm? Listen, that, that's why we ought not worship in isolation. That's why we, we, we ought to, when we gather here, it's amazing that we can gather in this, this sacred space and still not connect with the very people on our row. That, that we, we can... We can worship and trust God to navigate us to be a part of the body of Christ and yet not take the initiative to walk across the aisle to say, ah. if we trust God enough to be a part of this, this family dynamic, if we trust God enough to be a part of the family of faith, then Perhaps we ought to trust God enough to be in relationship with the same people that God has connected us with in the family of faith. Because otherwise, it's not good. It's not good to come to worship, sit in a seat, and then leave the same way you came, and you had walked past everybody in here, and you hadn't connected with anybody. That, that's not good. Or when you convince yourself that nobody talked to me uh, while I was there, but you didn't talk to anybody either. <laughs> See, y'all can relate. 
Ah, oh, let me hurry on. So if we're gonna if we're gonna unlock loneliness, listen, we have to have faith in God. Adam has faith in God. But then a second key I want to give you is that you also have to take opportunity. Take the opportunity to pray to God to give you the right godly connections. Take the opportunity to speak to God. In the context of Genesis, God is speaking and Adam is there. God sees what Adam needs and God provides for him. I'm telling you and I that we ought to take the opportunity to pray to God to give us the right godly connections. Oh, you you ought to pray for opportunity. And when you pray for that opportunity, when he brings you into the sacred space, you ought to take the opportunity to make connections. That's why it's important for us to be connected in life groups. It's important for us to be connected in ministry. Uh, it's important that, that for us to be connected in, in uh, spaces of commonality. And hear me, hear me. Everybody has something in common. No, all right, you, you don't believe me. Uh, look around. Look around. Look. No, no, really, look around. Sometimes, don't look at me, look, look around, look around. I know you think that we're all different, um, and we come in different hues and, uh, of beauty and the Mosaic community, but here's the reality. I'm going to let you in on something. We got more things in common than we have different. Which then means that there is somebody in this space that you can connect to. Ah, somebody crazy just like you. Something that was not supposed to come out that way. Go ahead, go ahead. There's somebody that we ought to connect to. We ought to take time to, to really explore and identify interest and, and identify, be, truly be interested in each other. That this sacred space that if you are going to escape loneliness, you, one thing you've got to realize that it's not always about you. That the world doesn't just revolve around, around you. No. Everybody, everybody's included in the human family. But, but not only that, not only that, not, not only should we uh, seek out uh, opportunity and have connectivity, the, the fourth key I want to give you is intentionality. Uh, you have to take the initiative to be interested in others. It's intentional. Intentionally connect with someone you've never connected with. Being interested in someone who is have a different background than you is a good thing that you intentionally explore because once we lock ourselves in, uh, hear me, hear me, hear me, isolation brings about destruction. Uh, you, you're not meant to be, it's not good. And if you ever, if you're like me, and I know, you know, you're not, you're not connected. If, you, if you're like me, every now and then you watch those nature shows and, and, and you look at predators and, and you look at how, how predators, uh, why are y'all looking at me like that? I mean, I mean, I, that, that, that's what I like. All right, uh, anybody can relate to me? Uh, oh, see, see, we, we, we relate on, on that right there, National, National Geographic. And, and you watch predators, and one thing you know about predators is that in, on the hunt, while they're hunting, they like to isolate the prey, get them away from the herd, isolate them so they can bring about their destruction. Jesus says that the enemy, the evil one, the Satan comes as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Listen, if we are allowing ourselves to be lonely and in isolation, we're playing into the enemy's camp, and God says he wants you to unlock from that so that you can have the life he's calling you to have. Ah, it calls for us to be connected. It calls for us to be intentional, but how it's going to get a little deep in these waters now because it also calls for us to be vulnerable. Mm, to put ourselves out 
To have our hearts out there means we are going into territory where we can get hurt. And sometimes what the enemy tricks us in is that I don't want to get hurt, so let me, let me not be vulnerable. Let me not put my heart out there. But here, the same step it takes to get hurt is also the same step it takes to get healed. And there are some private pains that you can't heal from alone. I thank God for Francis' willingness to, to come out and share with us because there was somebody here who was listening, uh, could relate to Francis' story because you two know exactly where she is. But had she not opened up her heart, perhaps you wouldn't have gotten healed. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me in this place? Yeah, it calls for us to be vulnerable. Because here's the reality. Nobody in here is perfect. Oh, oh, I know you, you were checking out that social media feed. You saw the Facebook profile. You, you, thought, you thought that was real life, huh? <laughs> no, everybody in here got problems. Everybody in here tore up from the floor. Everybody in here. I know it looks good on a Sunday morning, but if you lived with them, don't look at no wives right now. See, see they be, they be, don't look nowhere in this area right here. They just... just they would tell you, yeah, he looked good on Sunday, but <laughs> y'all need to pray for him. There's some, mm, I almost had a tune come out there. All right, I'm getting too excited. All right, uh, you need vulnerability, but you also uh, need, need accountability. And accountability. You need people in your life who will care enough to tell you when you're right and tell you when you're wrong. Uh, how do you see all this, Pastor? Notice in that second chapter, uh, Adam sees, uh, God sees Adam. He says, not good for Adam to be alone. Uh, further down, he, he, uh, after he creates Adam, he then creates Eve. Uh, he creates his, his helpmeet. And then when Adam sees Eve, he says, this is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. But this is, but don't, don't run past that. This is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. He saw how they related. He, he saw how they connected. He saw that you're like me. You hurt like me. You have days that aren't always the best. You're, you're, you're like me. We need accountability. And this is why God has called us to be a faith community. So together, we can have relationship. Because it's not good for any of us to be alone. Let's hear the rest of Francis' story. I'm now 27, so it has been five years since I was first diagnosed with endometriosis, and my story's still not over. I'm still dealing with endometriosis. Um, I'm still single. I'm not married yet. I still don't have children. Um, and so my story is still being written. I'm not over that battle. Um, but the difference between now and, and when I was 22 years old is now, because the past five years, I was just trying to fill in my emptiness and my loneliness with all these different things. And I exhausted myself trying to fulfill the needs of others instead of myself. And I just remember um, 
throughout this whole time, throughout the past five years, the scripture that I kept coming back to was in Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? And I remember just living that, living in verses one through two. I was trying to find different ways to fulfill my happiness um, other than Jesus. Um, but one of the, the things that I love about this scripture is that the psalmist doesn't stop there. You know, David doesn't stop there. He goes on and, and goes into uh, verses five to six. And he says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I'm still struggling with my battle. I'm still dealing with endometriosis. I'm still dealing with all of those things. But now, um, even though my situation and my diagnosis hasn't changed, my perspective has changed. And I'm no longer living in verses one and two, but now I am living in five through six. Well, I will rejoice in the Lord um, because I know that when the past five years, I felt like I had nothing medically, uh, you know, nothing, I, nothing worked for me in the medical field. Um, but now with Jesus, I have everything. God doesn't go back on his word and he will do what he said he will do. His word will come to fulfillment. Um, and his timing is perfect. I love that about God. I love that about Jesus is that he is perfect. And because he is perfect, his timing is perfect. So um, his promises will never fail. Going through all of that, I began to realize that, okay, I may feel like I have nothing, but when, Je when, when I have Jesus, just Jesus, I have everything. Help me thank God for Francis' story. God led Francis to this faith community called Champion Forest Baptist Church, where she now is sharing her testimony with others so that we can know that we can trust God. I really want you to hear that we can trust God. And we can trust God, and we can trust who God has placed us around at the church family. One thing I love about JV, and you heard me say before, that we're real people. We're real people who serve a real God. And one thing I, I love, that I can just go to my brother, I can go to my sister, hey, look, it's not a good day today. I, I need you to pray for me. I, I love the fact that I can connect with others who understands that I'm not perfect either. We all have struggles, and when we share with one another, we get to see the testimony. You saw that in Francis', Francis story where, where she's able to testify that God has a way of shifting the perspective so you can understand that you are indeed, Dr. Wallain, not alone. Because there are dangers in being alone. Life was never meant to be lived alone. In fact, I, let's, let's do it this way. Um, Edwin, where, where's Edwin? Edwin, all right. Edwin's our bass player. You, you got to have bass. You got to have bass. Uh, uh, you know, I had an alpine bass back in the day. But I mean, you, you got you to you have, have the bass. Uh -uh, but but, but uh, show, show me what you could do on that thing, man. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. 
See, see, by itself, it got a little groove to it, you know? But, but it's just the bass. I wonder, Luis, if we put a little, little drum action on that, what, 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 how, what we get on that? Some of y'all connected to the drums. Some of us just connect with the bass. I feel like I'm in my ride right now. But I can't leave everybody out because, see, alone and apart, we're just singular. And there's really no groove to it the way it needs to be. But Hector, I know you, somebody ain't got a guitar. There you are, Hector. Show us what we got here, man. Because together, we're, we're, we're better together. Right? Yeah. But that's no real meaning yet, though. It's not really communicating to me just yet. All the pieces aren't, aren't connecting the way I'm yet grooving. Don't get me wrong, you're grooving. But we need more.
God doesn't desire for you to live a life of loneliness. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to experience his peace. He wants you to experience his joy. God wants you to live a resilient life. That happens when we do life together. When we lift each other up in prayer. When we, when we love one another. When we, we serve one another. When we accept one another. When we encourage one another. When we be kind to one another. When we forgive one another. When we pray for one another. We unlock the prisons of isolation and we come into community. Where together we experience all that God has called for us to experience. Come on here, let's just fill this house with prayer. That's somebody you know who needs to experience God's love, God's forgiveness, God's acceptance. Come on, let's, let's fill this house with prayer. Because through the darkness of the night, he is faithful. He's faithful. Oh, Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that that you would see us in our situations of life and that you would declare that it's not good for us to be alone living in loneliness and you, you've created the human community, the faith community of those who, who love you, who, who have under the Lordship of Christ that, that you would use us to love others. Help us that we might show more love, that we won't get isolation, isolated even in our friend groups, that we, we stop making friends, that we stop reaching across the aisle. Help us that we might be loving as you are. That others might be able to see the joy and see the light that you bring in our lives, that they too might be able to live the life you called them to live. And how we thank you that you loved us enough to come to us that we might have relationship with you through Jesus Christ. You loved us enough to invite us into relationship with you. You can help us with a relationship with each other. So we ask your blessings upon us that we might go deeper and further with you. That you might heal us from the hurts and help us to be one as you are one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.